Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You currently locked in to the coldest podcast in the land. It's your boy, B. Jones, a.k.a. Bolo. And what's Bolo to come up to the porch without my dog? What's going on, y'all? It's your main man, Big Smitty, a.k.a. D-Nice. And you heard Bolo just say it. He just said it. This is the porch. Welcome. We are back, man. Another day at the dollar that God has blessed us with. Mm. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Bolo, how you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Love the energy, my bro. Hey, man, bless. Highly favored, man. Can't get on the porch, y'all, unless we talk about God first, man. So all praise due to the most high. I'm blessed, brother. How you doing? Hey, man, same here, man. You know, always a, a good day when I could be here on the porch. And uh, we've been, hey, not not to pat ourselves on the back, but we've been popping a little bit lately, bro. We like last few episodes, man. Shout out to Holly Cotton, you know, our mm. last guest. Um, we, we had a few, we had a great discussion with her the entire really show, but I saw one of, of our clips, man, about she explaining why she, she won't get married again or why she might not get married again. Some people's on her side. Some people didn't like what she had to say, man. But hey, that's the porch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know I'm saying? I'm, I like disagreement sometimes. It's all good. You feel me? Don't shoot the messenger, though, y'all. You know what I'm saying? We just, we giving out the game. You know what I'm saying? Y'all receiving it. How y'all receive it is how y'all receive it. All right. So yeah. we just letting that, letting that be known. Yes, sir, man, for sure, man. And shout out to uh, Maya as well. She just had a birthday. Happy, uh, happy belated birthday, birthday to yes, Maya. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but on Caffeine, the Maya episode got over 300,000 plays, bro. 300,000 on that episode. Don't he do it. Don't he do it. Come on. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Hey. Back <laughs> in the day, Wiz used to be so cold, y'all. I ain't, I, ain't, I, I fuck with Wiz still, y'all, but gee, in college, Wiz used to be that nigga. Like, I don't know why I just thought about Wiz right now. Real random right there. Like, that, but, uh, that, that was some Wiz type energy right there. If you it was, know. though. <laughs> Hell yeah, Taylor game. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Look hey, cold with it though. Uh -huh. yeah. you know what it is. But now, nah, man, we back here again. Another episode, man. And um, gotta shout out Bet Online, man. Cause hey, it's the best time of the year. You got NFL, NBA starting up, you got the MLB playoffs, man. Everything sports-wise is popping right now. And the best website, the best place to place your bets. All your gambling, sports gambling needs is bet online. Use the promo code BELIEVE, as B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to get your promo welcome bonus. But Bolo, man, listen, we got so much to talk about, man. I actually want to start off in the sports world first before we it. kind of tap into some of the culture and some of these other topics that, that we got on the docket. Let's do it. Um, basketball, man. I mentioned basketball is returning. NBA season is right around the corner. I've been watching preseason games. I've been... Finally starting to get back in my basketball zone. I've been so one-track-minded with football. That's been kind of hard to think about basketball. But so much has happened this offseason, mm. man. So many different changes. And obviously, one of the biggest changes is uh, Dame Dollar getting mm. traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, man, teaming up with Giannis over there on the East. To me, man, that has to be the team to beat. I just feel like it's the perfect pair. You know, it's kind of that Kobe and Shaq type of situation not saying they're as great as Kobe and Shaq not at all but in terms of style you know what I mean Giannis yeah. is a guy who's physical even though he, he he dribbles the ball up and down court he's a big man he's gonna get to the paint he's gonna force double teams which will open up Dame and the other shooters around him for wide open shots wide open threes 
And I just think it's going to be an easy transition for them to like really mesh together and, and figure out that, that, you know, that alignment, you know, it probably say about 15, I say 20 games for them, like really yeah. get comfortable that with each other. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to take too long because like it's different between like a team, like the, the, the Suns, right. Where you got, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, you got Kevin shooters. Durant, you got all shooters, shooters all, all just, killers, yeah. right? Uh huh. But Damon, y'all just can like balance, play off man. each other a lot easier, Bolo. It's a good balance, man. So I'm excited, and it's funny too because obviously the last couple of years we've seen Giannis be real vocal about winning more championships and yeah, last few months, shit, last few last months, few months, like literally getting 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 into you know an organization that is on the same page with him about winning. Like, that's all he's about now. So he's like, mm -hmm. if he's not, if I'm not on the same page with the organization, like, I got to move around, right? So I got to make things happen. So I think they did do a good job by putting a season guard in there that'll complement his game pretty well. I think Dame Dollar is definitely a, a flexible ball player where obviously he can dribble the ball, he can shoot, he can get to the, he get to the basket. And obviously Giannis can do a lot of things too. They Both of those are guys are not one-dimensional. So I mean, you know, if somebody's lacking in the area, I think somebody else will be able to pick it up. And they got a good supporting cast around them too. So, I mean, obviously the East has always been, you know, in, in my opinion, uh, for lack of better words, up for grabs in certain, in certain instances yeah. where the West is always real strong. So just to see that roster in the East, I mean, it's going to be hard to contend with that. Um, and obviously I can just see them not to put the cart before the horse, but going deep into the playoffs because they have those guys. So let's just pray for them guys being healthy, you know, to endure, you know, a long season. We know how long the season gets and injuries come out of nowhere, but if they are, you know, obviously managing to stay healthy throughout the season, I mean, it's going to be dangerous, man. Well, I mean, we'll finally get somebody to probably stop the Joker. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll see, man. But there is another team out there on the East. Uh -oh. Probably want them to pump their brakes a little bit on, on all the hype. It's the Boston Celtics. So mm. the Bucks did lose a key player, and that's Drew Holiday, a guy who's an all-star yeah. guard. He's not as good as Dame as an overall player. I get that, but he is the best on-ball defender in the NBA. As any NBA player right now, they'll tell you that. He's a guy who can score, give you about 16, 17 points a game, and he's on the Boston Celtics. Not only him, but they got – Chris, that's Porzingis, a guy who's basically seven foot, yeah, can stretch the floor. Last year, I think he averaged about 19 points, about seven, eight boards, uh, give or take. The only problem with Porzingis is his injury history. But if that man can stay healthy, I've been watching him a little bit in the preseason bolo, and he's looking good. He's looking good. He's looking healthy. He's looking stronger. So now you already got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as your main stars. Mm -hmm. Drew Holiday to replace that loss of, of Marcus Smart. And you got Chris Tasperzingis, a guy who can add length on the defensive side and stretch the floor as a scorer. I think the Celtics got better as well. And that's another very experienced team. So to me, the East is right as of right now, before we watch any games, it's between the Celtics and the Bucks. I don't want to discredit the Heat because every single time I do it, they're gonna play. They're gonna somehow play. Somehow Jimmy Butler and, and, and they he get them boys ready to go. They're so gonna play basketball. That's gonna be they're gonna play basketball. So that's probably my top three teams right there as of right now yeah. today. But so does Heat. Hey, I, and I agree with you. The thing with the with the thing with the Celtics, though, bro. I think we all know from a talent piece, from historically speaking, I think they'll always get to a point where you know they'll win games, they'll get you know maybe to the Eastern Con Conference Finals. But bro, they cannot finish. Mm. Like they cannot finish. Like historically, like I've just seen Tatum and, and Brown have on and off games. I've never seen them complete a full series where they totally dominated. Um, obviously, they're great players. Um, Brown, crazy contract he's in right now, you know, mm -hmm. so obviously the organization is bought into both of those players. Um, but I just want to see them really like take over and like literally own, 
you know, the situations that they be, they that they've been put in. Um, because obviously we can see last year, you know, sometimes there was games where Brown was a no-show. There was games where Tatum would have, you know, 12 points, you know, and then it would be times where he he put up a 30 piece, right? But the consistency where we want to turn these guys into like elite superstars is like what I'm looking for this year in order for them to get to the next point. So I agree with that for sure, man. Like obviously, I mean they they've been to they've been to one NBA finals. Obviously, they lost against yeah. the Warriors a couple of years ago. They get to the Eastern Conference Finals like damn near every year. It feels yes, like, which easy. is great. Like that's right. great. But at some point, it's like, when are you going to finish? finish? Otherwise, it's like we should we just break the team up. But honestly, they're not trying to go that route because they just paid Jalen Brown that crazy ass contract. So it's yeah. like, yeah, at some point they got to get over the hump, and we just got to see it. Like you said, and maybe this might be the year. Uh, you know, we shall see, man. Uh, that's a fact. Let's talk about the West real quick. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit about the West. It's a lot going on in the West too, man. Um, yeah. I want to touch on the Memphis Grizzlies real quick. Uh, I've been Ooh. seeing a picture float around. Um, obviously, they got Derrick Rose over there. You know, obviously, he, he's one of my goats, um, Chicago native um, there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's said to be mentoring uh, your boy Ja. And uh, I think it's been good for him. Obviously, Ja is on the suspension right now. But I think throughout practice and things like that, and maybe good habits they they're creating on and off the court, it's going to allow Ja to be a really good basketball player. Obviously, Derrick Rose is at a point now where he's not at the you know the tip top uh, you know athletic Derrick Rose, but you know his mentality now and and you know some of the things that he's brought to the game over the course of ten plus years is going to help Ja Ja out a lot. And I think we're going to see a totally different Grizzlies basketball team because of it. Man, I agree with you one thousand percent. I'm glad you brought it up. Derrick Rose, to me, is the perfect fit for the Grizzlies and John Morant. This is a guy who, at his peak, very similar playing style. Mm-hmm. Even, to me, even more explosive than what Jai is, which, which sounds crazy, but go watch that old table Facts. of Derrick Rose, man. D-Rose Facts. Chicago MVP was Derrick Rose? crazy, bro. Crazy. And not only is he an NBA legend, in my eye, he's a hood legend. He's a guy who's oh, actually come from on. it. Actually, from a tough environment, from the city, from you know, uh, the, like the streets, from an area where like he made it out, and and we, and we look at him grow, as we were growing up, as you know, high schoolers and middle school stuff like that, as like a uh, 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 an idol, right? Because somebody who Thanks. made it from a similar area and environment that, that, that you from, or even from you, you from Chicago, so like literally the Thanks. same exact city, and we see this guy be so great and and win an MVP over LeBron and win the playoff series, and to see his greatness, I just think, man. Everybody in the NBA world respects him. The fact that he's still playing after all these bad injuries and still it's still a good role player at this point, point in his career is incredible. And I think he'll be a perfect role model for John Morant. I don't think he got he even got to say much. I just think Ja, out of respect for the game, out of respect for D Rose, and understanding that this team has a chance to really go out there and possibly win a championship. Something that D Rose has not done yet in, in his career. He need one. Ja knows, like I, you know. His I don't want to mess ticking. that up. Yeah, time is ticking. I don't want to mess that. You know, what I'm saying? sometimes there's certain people that like, whether it's a coach, it's a player, it's a teammate. You got so much respect for them that it's bigger than you. Like, I don't want to mess this up for them. You know what Facts. I'm saying? And I think having D Rose there is gonna be huge. And they got Marcus Smart, great leader. Mm. Guy who will snatch you up. Another gritty, yeah, another gritty, gritty player. Defensive guy, you know, defensive player of the year. Can still drop 15. The Grizzlies look good, bro. If they can just stay, if Jock is just. Stay out of trouble, you know what I mean? They gonna be, they can be really good, bro. Really dangerous, um, man. Really dangerous, bro. But it's not just the Grizzlies out there in the West. I brought it's up a lot, the Suns, it's a lot going, bro. It's a lot going on, man. The, the Suns, Suns, I mean, on paper, what the fuck are we paper, doing? We got just, Bradley Beal, like fucking All Star team, Transformers, bro. Like what you the hell? Like, but I, I, but I want to see how they gonna manage the floor, though. 
Mm-hmm. Like, how can you manage the floor with all of those top heavy guards? Like, right. the, the Suns are very top heavy right now. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, they still got, you know, some key. They still got Aiden, right? Nah, they uh, they eight, I think Aiden no got uh, I think Aiden got traded. If I'm not mistaken, let me let me see the so pickups real be quick. Super top heavy then. Yeah, they made they made a few pickups though. Um, uh, this offseason, but but nevertheless, they're definitely top heavy, and that's gonna be the biggest concern to just kind of see yeah. like what they gonna do. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I, we saw Booker and KD last year together for like what. 20 games, maybe not even that. Mm-hmm. Makes the second round, end up, you know, losing uh, against the eventual champs, the Denver Nuggets. Um, but Book and KD overall looked pretty good. It just felt like they needed good. something else. If Bradley Beal can kind of take that, you know, that 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 third tier role and be able to take that back seat, I think, um, you know, I, I, think, I think they can really make something happen. You know what I'm saying? So he ain't gonna have a choice over a Book and KD. Right, but right. Take, but yeah, so yeah, eight, so eight is eight is with the Blazers now. So with, with mm. that Dame trade, oh, it was yeah, like a three team right. trade. That's Dame right. went to that's the Bucks. Right. Uh, Drew went. Drew, where did Drew, Drew Holiday might have went to the? Uh, I think Drew Holiday originally went got traded to the Blazers, and then it was real temporary. And then he got moved to the Celtics, and then the Suns got somebody. It was a whole situation. So yeah, this Aiden is now uh, on the Blazers right now. So yeah, I knew I wasn't sure. I just couldn't remember uh, uh, exactly what it was. So um, I, I got the Nurkic. Sun, the Sun picked up Bowl. You know what I mean? I, I like Bowl. Bowl. Uh, a Kogi got resigned or whatever. Like they got yeah. some, got some cap, but they're definitely super top heavy though. So yeah, man. So I'm, 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 I'm gonna be curious to see how they gonna manage it because Bradley Bill's the type of player too, where he's been coming from a situation where even in his early days, he was playing with John Wall, where he had to figure out how to get his two with a player like John Wall. Yep. So you add two dynamic, you know, uh, basketball players in Booker and Durant to the, to the floor. I mean, it's only one basketball on the floor y'all. So yeah, we'll I see think how. Bill is want to win though, bro. I'm gonna be That's real it. with you. Yeah, At this point in his career. Motherfuckers getting old, man. Yeah. Again, all of them getting old. Damn it. Motherfuckers Book's old, still kind of young, but Katie getting up there. Bill getting up there. Bill ain't got no yeah, ring. I know he want a ring, bro. He's he been on a bad team for a long ass time. A bro. long time. So, yep, absolutely. And then last year in the West, though, before we move on, bro, I got to show love to my Lakers, bro. They might have the best all-around offseason, bro. And it wasn't a lot of big-name guys. It was a lot of guys that's going to just add depth and add just like a, a culture to the team, man. Signed Gabe Vincent, who we saw ball out in the playoffs for the Heat. Yep. Cam Reddish, a three-point shooter. Jackson Hayes at center, who, who now – with him at center, AD can really play that four spot that you know that he really wants to because he don't like playing the five spot a lot. Resign uh D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell, yeah, Torian Prince was a three and D guy, go out there and lock you down, knock down some open threes. Christian Wood, another a four stretch four guy who can who can dribble, shoot the mid-range. And you know, you playing with a LeBron man, he's he creates so much um just attention that he opens if you're a good shooter, playing with LeBron is a perfect teammate like he gonna make you a, a contract player where you gonna make big time money so as long as ad can stay healthy and that's always a big if as long as lebron can stay healthy as he's getting his old age the Lakers will be a, a top seed man they will be a real deal top seed i agree i mean i feel like when, like you said at the end of the day when you, you're talking to somebody like lebron ain't too many times he gonna leave a season without something yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so last year it happened um you know, obviously he yeah, coming back. Yeah. He, he want to get it. He want to get it back in blood now. So, um, I think he he definitely on the mission. I'm giving I'm giving Brian y'all three years. Uh, and he gonna call it quits. Obviously, we got this. Uh, the Olympics coming up, the 2024 Olympics. Yeah. Well, he'll be on that roster. I think he's gonna. 
obviously play this season, play the Olympics. Uh, maybe that'll transition him into the next season. Then he'll yeah. be done, y'all. He get a go. He get another gold medal. I think that that'll be you know a wrap for him. For so you say really two more seasons then technically then two more seasons. So he'll have this season and then he'll have the the twenty twenty four season. Well, obviously this season, 2023, 2024, it'll roll over yeah, yeah, yeah. into the season. But yes, the Olympics of 2024, yeah. right? And, and then, then he'll probably play in 25. And then he'll be, be a wrap. I think it'll be a wrap. Because by that time, he'll have a good idea where Bronny is, you know, in his in his, in his his search of, you know, playing at the next level. Yeah. And his health condition probably. too, God forbid. And, right? and his health condition, because obviously he's dedicating the season to Bronny this mm -hmm. year too. So um, we'll see, bro. It's gonna be hey, hey, hey just even talking about it right now, bro, is kind of you know bringing that. But hey, but, but this is something I, I was telling a lot of people about though. Like, I'm not a big basketball fan, but I enjoy watching the game and watching certain players. But like, since it's so much craziness happening in the in the in the NBA league right now, it's kind of like they washing away football right now, bro. You think so? I feel like I feel like the conversations and the way things have been going, like. Football is literally kind of almost taking a back a, a back seat to basketball, and people are really anxiously awaiting the basketball season. And I'm like, don't wish away the fall, y'all. Mm. Still got a lot of football left to play. See, you know me, I I live in like a little bit of a different world right now at, at Fox right. Sports, bro. That's football is king. Boom, 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 all boom. we do is football, 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 football. On the weekends, I'm watching all the college games. You know, I'm watching all the NFL games. I gotta be ready to you know, uh, post certain things based upon the game. So, like, in my world, it's all football. But I have seen the last, like, week or so, because, you know, NBA had, had their media day where all the teams taking their pictures, all that. I'm starting to see, like, more and more of it heat up. And I was you back you back in the city you back in Indiana bro Indiana at, at the core it's a basketball, yeah, it's a basketball state it's a basketball state fast. yeah like football so, has grown a lot but it's still at the core I say it's a basketball state so yeah, I, I, I get it that's fair. yeah that's fair now nah, I love it man I love it can't wait to hear from our porch family to hear what their takes are on that man but moving on to another uh sports topic man Caleb Williams, man. So last, really throughout the year, whether it's coming from him or his daddy or his camp, or whoever, has kind of thrown out a few like notes and hints that hey, man, like if the wrong team gets the number one overall pick, I might just come back to USC for another year, get paid, you know, few million for my NIL deal, and then wait until there's a certain team that I want to go to the following year. You as a coach, Bolo, coaching guys who are, you know, going D1, stuff like that, and just the whole landscape of NIL, bro, being a former player yourself, what's your take on that, bro? Like, what's your overall view on just players almost having the power and leverage and dictating what where they go and when they go? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, if you would ask me this probably three or four years ago, like, I would say, like, man, this is – this is amazing. Like this is this is the greatest thing um, to come, especially for athletes, because now in a way, athletes hold the power or at least athletes have the ability to have the conversation now, um, yeah. as opposed to back in the day. It's like if you're a first round, first pick, like you don't give a fuck who you're going to. You're the first round, first pick. Right. So now, obviously, you have this great Heisman winning quarterback who's on pace to probably be another two time winning Heisman Uh you know, uh, winner, obviously he'll probably more than likely he'll be a finalist. Um, but now for him to kind of speak like into the future already saying that like, Hey, like if I don't go to, you know, uh, the Cowboys or if I don't right. play for, you know, all these specific teams, then I probably will sit back and wait, um, just and collect my NIL money. Like, I mean, where do they do that at now? Like, you know, where can you just literally decline 
the potential to really be the first round first pick in the NFL draft and stay in college. You know what I'm saying? So I think it all does come back to the NIL deal because a lot of the times people who are, you know, like let's think about Bryce Young, like he made $38 million last year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, thinking about Caleb, like, I don't know how much he's making, but if Bryce Young made 38 million, you know what I'm saying? He was a Heisman trophy guy. This guy's a Heisman trophy trophy guy. He's probably making that or even more than what Bryce Young made. Now the question is real, not to cut you off, is that, so I, I be seeing a lot of these numbers, bro, online of players making this much, NIL this much, this much. Hey, man. 38 million sound real high. Like, like, I I think I saw that too, Bolo. I'm like, 30, I'm like, 30 million, 30, like, 5 million, 10 million. I be wondering, like, who who coming up with these? Because, like, if you're making 50 million, like, uh, in a year as a college player, then shit, I, yeah, I probably would. I damn near probably would stay if it's going to be that high. Um, I think, so right here, it says that Kayla Williams, uh, obviously surfacing for another significant financial beneficiary of the NIL world, uh, is estimated to make 2.6 million. Um, so he'll make 2.6 million, uh, ideally this year, uh, in NIL related ventures throughout this year. So all of the deals and things coming in 2.6 million. So obviously, you know, it's, it's not bad. Um, you know, but I'm like, shit, I mean, and it could be a little more give or take. It could be about, it could be closer to four. It could be, you know, those numbers never hundred percent accurate, whatever. The, the conversation too, Bo, because like uh, a lot of times, like at Fox, they be talking about this like on the show sometimes or even behind the scenes. And it's a, a good point that uh, like I think Joy has made where you might make more money if you stayed at USC like next year compared to, compared to what you would make your rookie year. Right. But but as a quarterback, we know that the goal is to get to that to that first that first major deal. So the quicker you can get to the NFL and get done with that with that rookie that four year rookie contract the quicker you're going to get to making 200 million dollars or whatever so like long term you're actually like 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 losing like in a sense losing money in a sense like you're missing yeah. out on money by yeah. staying longer in college cuz like if you look at it short term it's like yeah I might make more money this one year but nah get to, get to NFL quick because the quicker you get to it the quicker you're going to get to like generational wealth you know what yeah. I'm saying yeah um, see See, now this is where I play devil's advocate because like, I just hate how money has controlled a lot of situations in athletes, like thought process and stuff. But at the same time, when I think about a Bryce Young, when I think about a Justin Fields, right, who have been put in horrible situations that for whatever reason, I'm not calling them. And I will never say that they are, aren't great quarterbacks because I think situations that they have been placed in, they have to work with what's around them and what they're dealing with. Um, obviously it'll, it'll take time, but I mean, they're not throwing no money at Justin Fields. This is his third year. He hasn't really shown anything, but the organization hasn't really given him anything to work with either. Mm. So you can't really pay, pay somebody if he, he's not producing results, even if he's fucking starting 10 steps behind everybody else. If he's not producing, he's not, he's not going to make the money that he's looking to make the same with Bryce Young too. So I understand what Caleb is doing, but it's like at the end of the day, bro, teams are literally probably trying to tank to try to get a quarterback like yourself. So you're going to have to fall into a pit and climb yourself out either way it goes. You know what I'm saying? Unless somebody literally throws everything but the house at another team to be able to climb up to the first pick to get you. Right. Cause like the thing is, okay, let's say, let's say you go back to USC and then you get drafted next year. It's going to be a shitty team. The shittiest team get the number one overall pick. 
So you're not going in this situation. How works. Yeah. That's how it works. Now, the, the argument to that is like, okay, just because a team had a bad year doesn't mean it's a bad organization, you know? So, because things yeah. happen, like, you know, uh, Pay Manning got hurt one year. So we had a, we had like a two and 14 season. And then we had a number one overall pick. The coach is still a good team, good organization. We had a bad year because of injury. So I get it. Sometimes there's situations, stuff like that, that happens where a good organization can get a top pick. But typically, it's just a bad team and a bad organization is the, the one, of the, one of the top picks. So if you're going to be as great as everybody's saying you are, and I watch you play, bro, you in college, you are amazing. The skill set is at a very high level, something we probably very rarely have seen. So they're, they're saying you're like the top prospect ever. You got to show that. You got to go to your shitty organization and uplift them. Joe he Burrow did. Went to the Bengals and took to a damn Super Bowl. He did. So you it's like, what's up, Caleb? You came fact. back down from no smoke. If you That's really like fact. that, be like that. It's not going to be easy. I need to I need to see. I need to see. I, I love Caleb Williams. I think he is literally like the Stephen Curry of college football right now. Just the way he has changed the game, the way he throws the ball. Obviously, we've seen Pat Mahomes do the same thing, but I think Caleb is a little bit more elusive. Um, hey, a little yeah, bit more, more elusive. With his and he's doing and it earlier. Mahomes was good in college, but Mahomes wasn't like, we didn't know Mahomes was going to be this good at all. Watch Caleb's further ahead right now than when Mahomes was at that same level. A, a thousand percent. But I want to see Caleb play against the SEC. I want to see Caleb be able to go against just them down south, just literally man to man, like they rushing six or seven. Like, I want to see what that looks like because I think when you think about the game of football, especially from the defense perspective, the, the positions that are, are continuing to be great and great and great is the defensive end position. When you talk about Michael Parsons, you talk about the JJ Watts, like you talk about the elitist of these guys coming off the edge, getting ready to fucking knock your face off, right? right. Like, how are you going to match up against, you know, the, the Jalen Carters of the world and the Eagles defense and, and stuff like that? Like, the Pac-12, like, obviously full of none but athletes, but those are usually, like, higher-scoring leagues that they play in. Like, that conference is just literally high-scoring leagues. Like, it's meant to be in spread, 10 personnel, throw the ball down the field, and it's just back and forth, more of an offensive type of game. So... I'm curious to see what a literally like a gritty game looks like for Caleb Williams uh, when people are in his face. No, I, I, that's a good point, bro. That's a good point. And uh, I mean, you bring up the SEC, and it's, it's kind of a separate topic. I didn't even know we was gonna go go here, but it came to my mind. There's been some arguments and some like some debates, I would say, about this particular season, which ironically is the last season of the Pac-12. They're about to blow it all up. Yeah, a lot of people say that the Pac-12 this season is the best conference in football. Do you mm. do you agree to that? Because when you look uh, at it from top to bottom, bro, the Pac-12 down there popping right now, bro. Washington, you think about Ed, Oregon State, Washington, Colorado, USC, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, Oregon. Utah, yeah. fucking uh, out here SC. You know what I'm saying? Like they got a lot of good team. And you look at the you look at the SEC. I also got the top dog. They top heavy. Georgia, Bama. Then like LSU's cool. They solid this year. They good. You know they're not they're not like scary. They good though. Texas A&M. Good, you know what I'm saying? But like but bro, I man, maybe I'm biased, bro. But I, I really think though, you put an Auburn in that in that category, bro. Obviously, a, a mid, a mid-level SEC team currently, right? I think they compete and they're at the top end of the Pac-12 if you throw an Auburn or like a major SEC team into the Pac-12. I think they compete. See, but I think I, I'm not saying you wrong, I'm not gonna say that. 
but I think we so like um hypnotized by what the SEC has yeah, been I for agree. so long that we just automatically think no matter what we see, SEC just the top dog. Because I saw Auburn play a damn cow and beat them 14 to 10. Like barely got over the hump. I see, I see, I've seen some, some of these big time organizations, big time teams play other teams, other conferences, and either take the L or it was a close ass, like barely got over the top type of win. So like that's my only thing. I'm like, ah, I mean. Texas beat Alabama this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've seen these other teams where it's like, I don't know, man. Like, are they really like that? And then, obviously, we're, we're talking about the top. Again, SEC is top heavy. What about Vandy? What about Kentucky? What about all these other schools at the bottom of SEC that we never talk about? Like, when you talk about a full conference, is it yeah, – we just worry about I mean, the top the teams? the Kentuckys of the world and shit. Like, they, they – yeah, And I mean, Kentucky's actually yeah. kind of cool this year. They cool. Yeah, and they're, right. they're cool. Uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking about – I'm thinking about the mid to, to upper to upper uh, right. SEC teams that I think will go and compete. But to your point, though, there are three or four quarterbacks in the Pac-12 now who have been mentioned as, obviously, Heisman uh, candidates. So Michael Penix, Kayla Williams. Cam Ward, Bo Nix. Yeah, like, so they got the best quarterbacks though, for sure. Yeah, I can be real on that. That alone, right, that right. alone, I know yeah. they'll score. I know yeah. they score. But I, I'm I, maybe I'm just stuck in my old ways. But like SEC, like defense though, yeah. um, I'm still heavy on like the defensive side of the game. Like, and I will want to always see what those matchups like. Like a Georgia defense, you know what I'm saying? Even like a LSU defense, man. Like you know. SEC kind of prides herself just kind of playing very physical. You know what I'm saying? And the Pac-12 is literally just kind of like a, a fast break football type of mentality over yeah. there. So For the most part, especially SC. SC defense is horrible. Oh, Without Keller Williams, they might be like one and whatever. And, I mean, I, lo- I love Dion and them, but Dion and them give up a lot of points too. You yeah. Know? Oh, so. yeah. For sure. The only, there's a couple like Utah has a really good defense. And like, that's the one – Pac-12 team that has a really good to great defense. The only reason why they lost even one game, I think, I, I think their quarterback has been hurt, and they, and they defense has been winning them games while he's been recovering. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but overall, you are right though. Like the defense is like Oregon defense is solid. Like they, they play physical. They play they physical. They do. They sure um, do. But you are they right. Play, when it comes to defense, Pac-12, like the like those teams don't really you know historically play that physical stuff. So. We'll see. You know, next year, bro. We'll, we'll see it. You got twelve. You got twelve teams. You know, you well, we got 12, but not only out. that, you know, these teams are moving. SC is going to they what are. the Big Ten, Big Texas 10, is going yep. to the SEC, I think. Yep. Like, we Oregon's moving, like, so we're gonna see a lot of these. What you want to see, so we're gonna see it, bro. We're gonna see, man. I, I'm very curious to see how the USC will play, you know, in the Big Ten against all a lot of these teams, a lot of different types of offenses, man. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of for whatever reason, a lot of offenses kind of kind of like mesh in specific yeah. conferences they kind of look the same so to see a high-flying team to come into like a big 10 and play your nebraskas and you know to play your iowas and shit like that like those are totally different types of games like michigan hard nose physical you know what i mean like the ball so, yes we'll see bro it, it'll be interesting though i'll be excited to see how that pans out nah me too man i'm excited for the rest of this season too to see how it pans out you never know what's gonna happen and uh before we move on i know you're a big ohio state fan i like ohio state too but Michigan is rolling. Michigan rolling. Oh, stay rolling too, y'all. Yeah, but stay Michigan rolling. But people, rolling, rolling. People aren't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's a perfect way to put it. Like Michigan is rolling. Oh, state is rolling. Like meaning that like we they're undefeated. They got out of a couple tough battles. Dang. You know, but it's just like we kind of see where the 
kind of deficiencies are on that team. And, you know, obviously Penn State too, Penn State and Michigan, those are going to be some big games for Ohio State to to make it out of. So, and as much as I've been an O-State fan, man, Penn State's been looking pretty fucking good too. So, James, shout out um, to James Franklin, man, doing his damn thing over there, head yeah. coach, doing his damn yeah. thing, bro. So, we'll, um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, only time will tell. Nah, I so. can't wait, bro. I can't wait, man. But uh, moving on from the sports world, man, we can talk about sports all damn day, man. Like, let's kind of dive into some culture, man. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. I'm sure you did. It was trending everywhere about a week or so ago. Uh, Club Shay Shay, uh, shout out to Shannon Sharp, man, had uh, Brittany Renner on his podcast the other day. Mm. Had asked her, I can't remember what question he asked her specifically, but she responded basically talking about the number of bodies that, that she's had, you know, sexual partners she's had during her uh, her life or whatever. And she said she had 35 bodies. You know, Shannon Sharp, he, he spit up his drink. He almost fell out the chair and everything. <laughs> uh, and the whole social media world kind of went crazy with it. You know, hearing mixed feelings, mixed opinions on it. I got to throw it to you first, but old fans, and 35 bodies. I mean, what we talking about here is it a, is it a problem? Is it 30. A, I mean, I feel like I mean, we all adults, right? So I'm going to just keep it a buck with you. You know what I'm saying? Do it. You know, once you get older, right, you know, no matter what, especially when you're over 30, like, it ain't, a, it ain't even a question about the luggage or the baggage that you bring into a relationship. It's just yeah. about how much of it that you bring in. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. people are always going to bring the bullshit with them or whatever from their past is going to come with them and everything. But uh, when she did, then later kind of talked more about like the 35 bodies and majority of them being one night stands. Mm, for me now, I'm kind of questioning like the character piece um, a little bit of like, damn, like, so like you just hitting it, quitting it, and then like you're okay to like say like you you caught like an STD from it and everything. So now I'm just questioning, just kind of like just you, just you as a person now, like for you to just be so careless in, in situations and, and what has put you in that position to just be just be just so like free. Like I'm I'm okay with people being free, living their life, doing their thing, but I think for for somebody to get in a committed relationship, I think it's okay for them to question that. You know what I'm saying? Even though obviously body counts don't matter. You know, because you've grown, like you've done what you've done. But to hear that type of story with the detail behind it, though, I think it's okay to question her and be a little, a little curious about, you know, why and like, you know, how that type of stuff, you know, happened and went down. Like, what were you thinking? Like, what, what gave, gave you the impression of, you know, being that type of, you know, mindset? And I get people go through stuff and everything, but it's hard 30, to overcome, bro. 35, bro. 35 was just a little too high, man. It's just sound a little too wild. I mean, let me be devil's advocate. So we don't have a woman on here right now. So let me kind of be an advocate for the other side, so to speak, bro. Why is there such a double standard? Because let's be real. Let's be real. We know a lot of brothers, friends, associates, Fact. whatever. Men got way more than thirty-five bodies, bodies and they get a they get a they get a high five for it. You know what I'm saying? You all you got was so and so one night. How was she, bro? Was it good? Oh, what you got? She got the fat. Oh, we and it's cool when the dudes do it. But as soon as the woman say, "Yeah, I had thirty-five bodies. I had a one-night stand. We was turning up. We was lit. We was in the session. Turn up. I was feeling good. Dude looked good. He was talking to me. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. So I, I laid down. We had a fun night. and I moved on." Men say that perfectly fine. Woman says that ah, it's the character, or is she going, or is she she this or that, or she not. You can't you can't bring her home to, to, to mom. You can't do this, that, and the third. Why is that? Why do we put such a 
completely different standard on the woman than we do on the man. We almost set it up to where men, we can do whatever we want to do, bro, when it comes to that, that side of the thing. And we will never get, like, there's no number you can say that a, a, a man will be like, like, it's a bad thing. You can say 70. It's like, damn, yeah, 70. Damn, all right, my boy. Damn, 70. Yeah. A woman can say 15. We're like, hold on. Whoa, you starting yeah, to get a little, facts. whoa. It's like, we want women to just kind of be right just like this and don't do nothing. Have right. one body, right. two, three bodies max and don't have no, it's like, damn. Yeah. Like, I just, at some point, I think we do got to be realistic, especially when you get older. Like, right. you, if I was dating right now in my 30s or whatever, I can't expect this, this this chick I'm talking to to have two, three bodies. You know what I'm saying? We in LA right. too, especially out here. Like it's life. Like people Free. out here doing stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man. It's um. I mean, I just think it's just a double standard. I think it'll be like that for a while. Um. I think women. You know, shout out to the women out there. Women have been a little bit more vocal about you know being independent and you know living the life how they want to and, and not being held to a standard that somebody else is trying to hold them to and, you know, doing whatever they want to do. So I think that's still, that's still good. But I, obviously you just get guys that's going to question it regardless. You know what I'm saying? Just because, you know, we always talk, talk about that conversation about like, you know, the um, guys just hitting it and just moving on, you know, yeah. but you know, fellas, you know, there's a lot of women who do the same thing, who just kind of hit it and move on too. like, they, they want to get some, just like we want to get some, you know, but you know, old head told me back in the day, though, and I think this is just still that old school mentality that people ride with. It's like, you know, once you have multiple keys that can go into a lock, then it's not the master lock anymore. So they kind of put that in the same in the same, you know, in the same equation when we're talking about a woman. Right. A woman, a woman's, you know, goal downstairs is 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 something precious. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's the best drug that anybody can ever have. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, once you get 25 keys all in, in that same lock, meaning that anybody can get it at any time, then it doesn't become the golden lock anymore. It doesn't become the, the precious gold that, you know, it once was. So that's just, you know, obviously that's just how men That's think. a bar right there. You're you know jumping bar. I'm, I'm not being that guy. Like, I think you can, women, you can do whatever you want to. But I'm just thinking on the masses of sometimes how a lot of men think in certain situations. You know, uh, that's how it is. But if, you know, you if women got, got gold, don't care. If women got gold, what what do men got? Is our shit like well, our shit must be fucking aluminum foil? Cause we don't give a fuck. It must be of. <laughs> it, it just look. It come and go. It just come and go. You know what I'm saying? Women got the sweet juices, man. They 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 deliver life. You yeah, know what I'm saying yeah. they 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 got God's good juices like but we but, they, but hold on though no. they deliver life but we give them life we implant yeah we implant the life you know what I'm saying but you know what a what a woman what a woman has man is just it's mother earth bro it comes from from the earth bro it's it is sweet, different dog you know what I'm saying but you know like I said hey my men my women out there that's listening to the podcast you know what I'm saying like I said hey it don't matter to me it don't it don't I don't care but I'm just saying like guys will question it I mean I think that's just the pride in us y'all that's just the pride in us we want to know what was going on you know some guys don't care some guys do care you know and they look at it like the master lock should a woman be able to question a man's body count I think I think some women do I think some women is that do. fair but let me tell you this though this is going this is going to be crazy cuz I hate when we get in this type of conversation when we don't have a woman on I've talked to a few women who are almost looking at somebody sideways when they don't have a lot of bodies. Cause it's like, damn, can you really have sex? Heard like, can you do this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you keep up type shit? 
So they question it as somebody's experience based upon how many bodies they do have, right? So you do have certain women who are like, okay, he know what he's doing. He's had a few bodies. And then you got a couple women like, damn, it's like that. You're doing too much. So, But there's you know, also, because I hear that too. I hear that too. But is experience meaning I got I to gotta fuck a hundred different women or I could fuck a thousand times with the one woman I'm with or two women yeah, or, or mean, whatever? I like mean, experience, I, I mean, experience. Why you got to fuck so many different, different types of styles to get experience? That's a, fact. That's a fact. I mean, obviously experience is experience, but obviously when you do it with different people, it comes right. with maybe different situations, different right. moves. Maybe the people that you are getting the, the, you know, getting it in with got different skill sets. Headline, leg this way. People. It's just like you going to different classes and shit, right? Like, okay, okay. You, got, you, go, you know, you got math, you got science, you got social studies, you got English, like I don't want to just learn math, you know, all the while. I want to have the five-course curriculum. You get the five-course curriculum, then you're you going to be a bad individual. You feel what I'm saying? So, Well-versed, well-versed. Well-versed, you know what I'm Versatile. saying? Versatile. So, I mean, damn, you know. But then, look, but check this out. On the guy's end, though, y'all, if we figure out a woman is well-versed, then we kind of feel like we need to, like, be more abrasive like damn like she didn't have sex with a lot of niggas i know niggas is probably getting it in i need to bring my a game like you know what i'm saying yeah. now niggas is kind of nervous a little bit thinking like damn she didn't she didn't had all these courses right she didn't been in all these different classes with these different folks like damn maybe she ain't you know what i mean maybe she ain't about to be fucking with what i'm about like to be you're like my you bullshit can't work tonight because like she, she didn't she didn't heard it all seen it all been through it heard all it all boom you know what i'm saying so a man's pride is, is thinking through all that at that point Damn, you getting deep. My boy saying social studies, math, you know. Come hey, on. in the great words of Holly Cotton, man, you got to suck the pinky toe. You know what I mean? Sometimes Ooh. you got to experience the pinky toe before you, you can really know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. That's real, man. I love that, man. But, hey, all the women who's tuning in, if you're watching this clip on Instagram, because it will get posted, comment below. Let us know what your opinion is, because we don't have a lady on here to really – Fight right. for y'all side, so we want to hear y'all side one thousand uh, percent. But before we close out, man, there's another topic that, that, that you had brought up pre-show that I think is very interesting uh, about what age truly establishes you as an adult, man. Can you can mm. you kind of introduce kind of where that thought came from, real quick? Because I, I don't know if you saw a clip or a video or what it was, but yeah. just introduce that kind of where that thought came from. Yes, I was looking on a line, right? I see the professor, Peter Jones, he's from Cambridge University. He emphasized that the shift from childhood to adulthood occurs over three decades. So obviously he's challenging the notion of a clear-cut age marker of adulthood. So his research showed that people don't become adults until they hit the age of 30. So my question is, when do you think you officially become a, an adult? Because we've already been kind of predetermined that once you hit 21, you become an adult. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously some people experience life differently where they do things before 21 and they're put in situations to become an adult. We also know that people who haven't really hit that curve yet of adulthood, even though they're 21, they're not there yet. So they still have to kind of hit a specific peak before they actually enter the real adulthood. So like what situation, what type of things that put us in the, the element of like, okay, I've officially hit adulthood. Yeah, that's a hell of a question, man. We could do a whole show on this. For me, if I had to throw an actual number and the actual age out there, the number that keeps coming to my mind is 25. Mm. Uh, I think like 25, like you're typically traditionally done with like all levels of school. Obviously college, you can go back to college whenever. So I'm saying traditionally, if you go through the regular 
you know, high school directly to college, you know, four years and you're done. You're done with college. And then you also have three, about three, four years of re real world working experience at that point. So it's like, I don't think 21, you're, you're really grown because like you just became a legal age in America to drink and do everything without a guardian and be by yourself. And at 21, you know, I'm thinking about all the 21 year olds that I know or when I was 21, it's really just like, uh, it's a very, you still at a very immature state mentally. You're still, you're not really thinking about long-term plans as much. Typically at 21, you're just trying to go turn up and like legally drink now and take 21 shots. You're just like, you're still at a very immature state. And a lot of 21 year olds still, you know, staying at home with their parents, stuff like that. Like straight out of college or if they didn't go to college or they've probably been home the whole time. It just, it, you just haven't really fully established yourself as an adult, you probably don't even have a credit score yet. So 25 to me is at a point where like, at this point, you should have been working at bare minimum for the last like four years, I would say bare minimum. You know what I'm saying? It depends yeah. on your situation. So now you got real world experience. You, you, you've done some taxes at this point. You saved up some bread. You should be at a point now where you can be able to afford your own place or you may already be living by yourself depending on what your situation is. So I think 25 the point was like, all right, I'm grown. You're still young as hell. You're still going to make some immature yeah. decisions, but you're at a point where you have a little bit more better discernment and you understand how the real world works. I agree. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and say, I agree with the professor and with this one, just a little bit, uh, just because I, I'm now in my early thirties, y'all, which is crazy to think. Okay. Oh, hell. So obviously you think about your twenties, right? I think twenties are for a lot of development. It's for a lot of learning uh, there's a lot of room for error in your 20s as well. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, like you're hitting a lot of milestones in your lifestyle at, at 20, where like you're being introduced to things like maybe the housing, maybe marriage, maybe, you know, cars, bills, maybe a family, like you're getting hit with all of these different things in your 20s, potentially. And you're managing, you're trying to figure out what's what taxes, kind of all that crazy stuff, right? But I think once you hit 30, I think it's really the the mindset of being able to execute on life at that point where like now you have to adult now, like, you know, now the room for error is starting to kind of close in because you think, oh, my God, in the next few years, I'll be 40. You know what I'm saying? So like the 30s are like our 20s, you build, you kind of 30s, you kind of build a little bit more, too. But your 30s are just for like executing a plan that you put in place in your 20s to make sure that you can really maximize kind of your good years. You know what I'm saying? So obviously I know a lot of people adult in their 20s, but I think life is pretty much like being executed like within like the 30s um, there. And it's, and it's so wild just because it's like I've done a lot of, I've accomplished a lot of things in my 20s, but a lot of those accomplishments, you know, obviously being married, having a car, having a family, having a job, having all those things. Now it's about the next step. Like, how can I continue to grow? How can I continue to expand what I'm doing to be able to set myself up for the later, the, la the latter years, if that makes sense. So yeah. I think mentally it puts more of a strain on you in your thirties because you know, the time is like now where you got to move as opposed to in your twenties. It's like, I'm kind of a little bit relieved because I know I got time, but now you're a little bit more hyperactive because you know, you got to move a little bit more in your thirties. So I, I do think, you know, obviously you do adult in your twenties, but like being able to like 
being like, who adulthood? Like, man, I ain't, uh, am I kicking it tonight? Nah, uh, probably not. Like, the, just your taste for a lot of different things start start to change. Um, we just getting a new decade, so that's real, man. And obviously, I'm not 30 yet. I'll be there in a few months, but I'm not rushing it, so I'm still in my 20s. So I guess I'm still yeah. a baby, still a kid at this point. You know, I've been kind of. I, I I'm not nervous to hit 30. It just kind of it just sound weird, like damn, 30. It, it, like, it, come on, it sounds like, crazy. It just, it just feel weird. It's like damn, like my mama had me when she was 27. So like I might be 30. It just like and the the, the last decade went so damn fast. It's like I feel like I just left Ball State. But I've been gone mm-hmm. now for what seven years, going on eight years. I'm like, damn, like that's it's almost time to have my ten year college reunion. Like that don't it, it just sounds crazy to me, uh, you know. Uh, when I look back and think about it, and you make a good point. I think yeah, thirties is kind of the point where it's like, all right, the twenties I threw up the alley oop, the thirties I got to slam dunk it. And I think the next phase really, I think that that might be the hardest time, honestly, not hardest hardest like in a negative sense, but just like it takes more mental like capacity right. to really execute the 20s a lot of stuff is like your first time experience it's like oh i bought a car it's like all right it wasn't really hard to buy a car i just had to do it i had to figure out right. how to do it it wasn't hard to get my first apartment i just had to do it it wasn't hard to get my first job I, you know it just it, it was the first thing so you will come as a lot in your 20s it's almost like being a baby when like a baby learns how to crawl yeah. and walk and say their first word exactly. like in the like year one they say a baby learned down there more in that time span than like any other time span in their life because there's so much shit that they have to learn. They're just a basic level. But now the next step of actually learning how to like execute, like you said, is th- is going to be critical because what you don't do in your 30s, you will, you will, the results of that will happen when you're 40s and your 50s. Your lifestyle when you're an old man and you don't fly around will be impacted by the decisions you make today. Do I got an amen? I'm telling you right amen. now, when you're 30 years old, talk when you're 32 years bullshit. old, when you're 35 years mm. old, Polo, if you don't execute on the plan, you will not land. You hear what I said? Can somebody hey. say plan in the back? Plan in the back. Can somebody plan. say execution. Execution. Execution leads to success. Success mm. leads to joy. Joy leads you to the promised land. And that's what I got for you. Mm. Being that. great today sets up for a better tomorrow. Woo. Talk to me, Bo- Coach Bolo. That's Coach Ben. I'm, I'm just trying to tell y'all, man. So it's, it's very important for, for us, too. And, and one thing I'll say before I transition as well about being in your 30s. Um, and I'm only 31, so... Like when I hit 30, it was like, okay, life is here. Like I need to continue to move. I need to continue to execute on things I did in my twenties and continue to set this plan and execute on this plan. But what a lot of people don't talk about is like the stress that comes with things too and how you manage stress mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, relationships. Like a lot of those things play a big part too because at the end of the day, especially when you're trying to do a lot of things and and you're trying to accomplish a lot of things, you're also going to pour into a lot of different pots in a lot of different areas. And then with those different pots come with different stressors. So at the end of the day, you got to manage your different stressors with your different identities that you're carrying as well. But then also you have to manage the, the, the same thought process of taking care of yourself. Like Holly used to talk about, like she talked about with us last week, like it's very important to do that. So in your 30s, you really got to take care of your mental Um, just because all this stuff that's going on, you're trying to set up things for your 40s. You're trying to be financially responsible. You're trying to just do all these things, especially when you got kids, too. Mm. Like it's it's, it put those a whole nother 
another wrench into into the equation. So with all of that, you still got to be mentally locked in. You feel me? I do got one quick follow question, but, but before we move on, do you think having kids forces you to be an adult quicker? Yes and no. Um, just because you got a lot of people who don't really take responsibility in actually raising their kid, trying to make sure that they're being the best them so they can actually show their kids what a good parent may look like. So you don't have a lot of people who do that. But I do say for the people who do, you know, obviously take the role of being great parents or a great mother or a great father, I think you, it does force you to grow up in certain situations and, and, and hold, hold yourself accountable um, and, and, and take on something that's bigger than yourself. Because these kids, then nobody, nobody, like, they didn't ask to be here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So these kids are literally waking up you know, from eating to being bathed, to being clothed, from watching TV, from all activities are literally falling on the parents. So everything that they do, how they move, how they groove, how their energy, how you set the day and everything, how they continue to grow up to be the best them is created by the parents. So we got to just make sure that we're always just our best selves so we can just put our kids in the best situation possible so that they can produce the best individuals that they can be as well. And that's how that generational kind of thing works. You know what I'm saying? So it's all like about that. the stair steps. You feel me? So. I like that, man. I need, to, I need to get on the stair, stair steps and stair master. Who you telling, bro? I ain't gonna lie to you, man. But hey, man, that's hey, that's all I got for you today, Bolo, man. It's been a long ass week, long ass day. I've been grinding. I got more to do the rest of the week. I know you got more to do. You got a big time game coming up. Last game of the season. Last game of the season, man. We uh we gonna finish out. Obviously, for the people who don't know about Indiana, man, everybody makes the playoffs. So it's like starting at ground zero and everybody's starting on the same level. So, you know, we we everybody gotta get to it, man. So uh yeah, man, we're gonna finish up the season and uh prepare for the playoffs, bro. And Get it cracking, bro. Yes, sir, man. I love it, man. Well, good luck on this Friday, man. And uh, for all our porch listeners, man, we appreciate y'all so much for tuning in. Another great episode brought to you. Shout out to betonline.com, mm. man. Go go to the website, do your thing, place your bets. And when you win, send the porch some money. And uh, Bolo, man, how do we end every show, my brother? Hey, y'all, when y'all moving, grooving, doing what y'all doing, man, it's all about the raw simplicity of you. And when you're looking in the mirror, just make sure that the best you is the best you. And we out. Peace. Started on the porch. That was where it all began. Had to put in work. Every day we got it in. We chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it. We make it look easy. We achieving everything we needed. Now we undefeated. If we link, no, it's only business. If we get to speak and leave them speechless. I did things for free, but now it costs to see me. When you see me, you ain't got to greet me. Just don't plot to sneak me. I'ma see it. I'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated. What do we bleed? Came from the jungle. We humble, but hungry and hunt and defeat. People don't want us to leave. They love us and rush to the bus when we run in the streets. Thinking we stun in the sea. We came from nothing to something. Now up in the lead. Now we ain't coming in peace. Hunting for blood and to crush everyone in the league. We got a reason. We put in work every day of the week, every month, every season. So many schemes. Had to go off for the team. We gave our all and succeeded. Came from the deep. And warming up pots, cooking ramen at times. That was all we was eating. Now we be feasting. Five star restaurants every week. Whole teams ripped the cloth in the seams. They looking hard when we step on the scene. Call us outcasts. We
so fresh and so clean Ain't about cash, please don't ask for a meet Just hit the stoop, got the spaz on the beat Nah, it ain't rude if you ask for the feet Just play it cool when I tax you the fee We need a pool in the back with a cord and a board To go jump off and splash for the heat Live for the day, cause the past can't determine the future Or where you gon' actually be Keep staying present, our presence a blessing It's all that we have and we actually need I'm taking action with passion, detaching The ones who keep acting, attaching to leech I am no pastor, but actually preaching Look up these letters and actually read That was where it all began Had to put in work Every day we got it in We chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it We make it look easy, we achieving Everything we need. now we undefeated If we link, no Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.